Welcome back to the Foundations Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Link, and today we're going to dig a bit into what exactly a biblical worldview is. But first, a short advertisement. If you're interested in seeing how kids are developing the skills to defend their faith, how they learn to research and know what they believe and why, if you're interested in homeschooling, then check out my documentary film called If My Judges Are Ready. It's a competitive speech and debate documentary. It's available on Amazon Prime, Christian Cinema, and other streaming platforms. Visit speechdebatedoc.com for more information. That's speechdebatedoc.com. All right, last week I mentioned a statistic from Barna from a survey in 2018 that showed only 23% of practicing Christians who consider themselves born again actually have a biblical worldview. So let that sink in for a moment. The people at your church, three out of four of them do not have a biblical worldview. In 2009, Barna did a similar survey with similar results. They defined a biblical worldview as believing that absolute moral truth exists, the Bible is totally accurate in all the principles it teaches, Satan is considered to be a real being or force, not merely symbolic, a person cannot earn their way into heaven by trying to be good or do good works, Jesus Christ lived a sinless life on earth, and God is all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the world who still rules the universe today. In the research, anyone who held all of those beliefs was said to have a biblical worldview. So here's one of the questions broken down from that 2009 study. Only one quarter of adults, 28%, believe that it is impossible for someone to earn their way into heaven through good behavior. Not quite half of all born-again Christians, 47%, strongly reject the notion of earning salvation through their deeds. So one of the basic acknowledgments needed for salvation is that we all have sinned and we all need a Savior. If we can get there by our own work, why did Jesus have to suffer on the cross? What's the point of the resurrection? But in 2009, 53% of professing born-again Christians were open to maybe, just maybe, good works might be a path to salvation. 53%. So what's the big deal? Why does it matter if half the people in church think being good might get you into heaven? Well, from an evangelism perspective, that's a problem. It takes the urgency out of things. When you see a good person, they're, they're probably going to make it anyway, right? I mean, if you're a pretty decent person, if you see that person at work, maybe they're not a Christian, so what? They'll, they'll probably be okay, right? I mean, why make everyone uncomfortable by sharing your faith with them? Now, that's, that's Barner's definition of a biblical worldview. For me, a biblical worldview means... Your knowledge and understanding of the Bible is a filter. It's the glasses you view the rest of the world through. Did you ever see that Nicolas Cage movie, National Treasure? In it, they found these special glasses with special lenses that helped them see what others could not see, like writing on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Now, I'm not saying that we need to get special Bible glasses, but our understanding of the Bible is a filter, a lens through which we view the world. So... When confronted with the decision, your understanding of the Bible and theology and God and faith influence the decision. It guides the decision process. Just like a lens shapes the light passing through it, a biblical worldview shapes how you view the world. And what is a worldview? Well, I mean, it's simply a way of viewing the world. And we all have a unique worldview. Your worldview has been built by your experience from your entire life. Everything you've learned and felt and seen 
has influenced your worldview. And some of that is very good, and some of that is very bad. A worldview is how you experience reality, from the mundane, like, don't touch fire because it's hot, to the social, smiling when you meet people makes them feel welcome, to controversial, subjects of politics and legal issues, to core beliefs, your morality and integrity. Now, you can consciously change your worldview. You might realize that you hold an opinion that's not correct or that you've been wrong about a way of looking at things. You're not stuck with your worldview. You can change it. In fact, your worldview is changing all the time as you learn and process new information and experiences. So why is it important to have a biblical worldview? I mean, couldn't I just have a Baptist or a Methodist worldview or maybe an American Christian worldview? Well, part of the answer depends on how you view the Bible. And let me stop right here. If you don't think the Bible is historically accurate, if you don't think the Bible we have today is consistent with the text from when it was written, well, go ahead and stop listening. There are tons of reasons to think the Bible is accurate, and I won't go into them at this time. But believing the Bible we read today is historically accurate is a prerequisite to developing a biblical worldview. I believe that the Bible is God's written message to all of mankind. It is the single most important group of documents in all of history. I believe it was inspired and inerrant in the original manuscripts, and the message of the Bible has been supernaturally preserved and communicated across the ages to the church of today. I believe it is 100% possible to read reliable translations of biblical texts today and know what God wanted us to know when he inspired the original documents. I believe the most reliable method for knowing the truth that God has communicated to us is through studying the Bible. If I believe God is telling me something and it's contrary to what the Bible teaches, then I am in error, not the Bible. Let me say that again. If I believe something and it's contrary to what the Bible teaches, then I'm what is in error, not the Bible. The Bible is the plumb line. Now, a plumb line is an old method builders use to keep construction straight up and down, keeping things plumb. If you tie a weight to a string and hold it next to a board, well, gravity pulls the weight down and the line is something you can measure from and know that exactly what you're building is straight and true. So why is a plumb line always accurate and useful for telling us what is up and down, telling us what's straight? Because gravity is a constant. And why is the Bible a plumb line for God's truth? Because God is a constant. If we believe the Bible is true, and how we can know the Bible is accurate is a whole other discussion. We might get into it another time. If we believe that the Bible is true, then the Bible itself points us to why the truths contained in it are eternal and why they don't change. It points us to why these truths can be trusted even today. Now, I, I know you're waiting for me to quote, 2 Timothy 3, and tell you that scriptures God breathed and so on. Now, that is a great verse, and I believe it, but it is a bit circular for me to say the reason you should believe a document is true is because the document says it's true. That is not what I'm saying. There are other reasons to believe the Bible is a plumb line and worthy of being the foundation of your worldview. Just as gravity is the constant that makes a plumb line trustworthy, the Bible points outside itself to the reason the truths found in the Bible are trustworthy. That is, the Bible doesn't claim to be truth on the page in and of itself. 
The Bible is truth we can believe because the being who inspired it is constant. And we can trust the truth revealed in the Bible remains unchanged because God is constant. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3.6a, because I, the Lord, have not changed. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Psalm 92, before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. From eternity to eternity, you are God. Psalm 89, 34. I will not violate my covenant or change what my lips have said. We can trust the Bible, the written word of God, because of the nature of who God is. If the God who inspired the Bible is constant, then the truth in the Bible doesn't change. Now, we do this all the time. We evaluate information based on the source. Say you're walking down a trail, you turn a corner, and you see this swinging rope bridge. Now you approach and you wonder, is that bridge strong enough to hold you? Then you see a sign saying who it was built by. Now, if the sign re- says that it was built by a group of local civil engineers, you are much more likely to trust that bridge. You make a judgment call based on the builder. When someone tells you something, and then they say where they heard it or where they read it, the source of that information has an effect on whether you believe it. Just go onto social media during any election and read the comments under the articles people post about politics. You're going to see this in action. We can trust the Bible because the God who wrote it, who inspired it, who protected its message, is constant and does not change. What was true when it was written is true today. The Bible is a plumb line for our lives. Now, have you ever seen something that was built by someone just eyeballing it? They didn't get a level or a ruler. They didn't get a plumb line. They just looked at the space, cut the board. Most of the time, this doesn't turn out very well, and things get a bit crooked. Next time, I'm going to show you an example of a man in the Bible who did not have a worldview consistent with his faith. His life got very crooked. One of the great things about the Bible is it has both positive and negative examples in it. Now, as I said last time, I think our culture and entertainment is a big influence on our worldview. And too many times, people just consume it without thought. When I was back in college in the 90s, uh, I attended a Bible study with a bunch of my friends. I can remember one evening before we got going, someone was there and had just seen a movie. Now, this was uh, one of the first movies back then to have openly gay characters and themes that, that did pretty well in theaters. Now, this young Christian explained how they dealt with the themes of that movie that were contrary to their faith. They said, well, it's good. You just can't think about it when you watch it. Immediately, warning lights went off for me. They had hit on a huge issue. Every creative work originates from a worldview. Intentional or not, the creator of the world is teaching you how they view the world, what they feel is right and wrong. For example, I'm a big sci-fi fan. Orson Scott Card is one of my favorite authors. He's the author of Ender's Game, which was made into a movie a while back. His stories often have protagonists who rise in power and ability to exert almost godlike powers over planets and people. Now, Orson Scott Card is a Mormon, and one of their pinnacles of the faith journey is attaining godhood and creating their own planet. 
So do you think Card lets his worldview show through his creative works? To consume any creative work without understanding this, without filtering it through your own worldview, is folly. You have to filter everything, every book, every song, every movie, every conversation through your own biblical worldview. The night my friend was talking about that movie from the 90s was the same night I was about to teach the story of Lot in Genesis. And Lot and my friend approached the world, viewed the world in similar fashions, and they both let the worldview around them in without filtering it. But that's for next time. Next time, we'll look at the life of Lot from the book of Genesis and see what we can learn about his view of the world and how it impacted his life and those around him. If you've enjoyed this podcast, leave us a five-star rating. It helps people find the podcast. And if you didn't enjoy the podcast, I'm sorry, uh, feel free to send me an email and complain. Or if you have questions, you can send me an email and ask, and maybe I can answer them for you on a later show. Send those to scott at scottlinkmedia.com. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next time.